And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we're back, back for another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here to have another conversation I'm hoping helps your business grow. Look, if you listen to the show a lot, you know that I am famously ADHD and I won't give it back. Why? Because I've learned how to turn it into a superpower, which is not something everyone else can say. In fact, I know a lot of people that are busy trying to shed their ADHD. So I have brought in a subject matter expert to have that discussion today. We're going to talk about ADHD and entrepreneurship. Before I introduce today's guest, today's episode of Startup Hustle is powered by Fullscale.io. Hiring software developers is difficult, and Fullscale can help you build a software team quickly and affordably. It also has the platform to help you manage that team. Visit Fullscale.io to learn more. With me today, I've got Aaron Croft, and Aaron is the CEO of Hidden ADHD, which is a professional training and coaching business out of Chicago, Illinois. Without further ado, Aaron, welcome to Startup Hustle. Hey, Matt. Awesome to be here. Um, I think we're going to have a great conversation. Hopefully, we can keep it on track and, and nice and focused and yeah, maybe 100%, not. 100, 100% not going to happen. I'll be the driver behind that part. But so let's just go ahead and start it out. Then I want you to give myself and our listeners a little bit of backstory about what brought you to this career choice in life. Yeah. Uh, so for me, the reason that my business, my company is called Hidden ADHD is because uh, I went through the first 33 years of my life having no idea that I had ADHD. And part of the problem was that uh, ADHD is actually just like a really silly diagnosis label um, because it really covers all manner of uh, situations. And so I had what used to be known as ADD, right? So I didn't have the hyperactive side of things. And a lot of women also don't. And so a lot of people go into adulthood undiagnosed because I did well in school because I was just a naturally good test taker. I had good support structures around me. Um, and then I got into Harvard and, you know, like, wow, my life would be made. Uh, I got to Harvard and like the wheels fell off the wagon. <laughs> uh, dropped out twice before finally graduating. And then I went into the working world and everything was great. No, I'm just kidding. I failed out of my first seven jobs and businesses uh, until at 33 years old, I was broke, divorced, and earning minimum wage. Um, and so it was only kind of shortly after that, I got a master's degree in coaching psychology. I got this diagnosis of inattentive ADHD, and like my whole life just turned around. Well, I'm on the opposite of that. So I don't want to say I was diagnosed with ADD as a kid, but when I was immediately as a child, um, it was clear that I was different and had more energy and, 
and an inability to focus on a lot of days than the other kids. Now, you know, I'm 47 years old at this point. So, you know, over 40 years ago, the term ADD wasn't really even used. I was just quote disruptive. And, (laughs) you know, so throughout my time and it was, it was very, it was very challenging for so many of my teachers and especially for my parents, because much like yourself, I, I tested really well. You know, I was, I was, I was a good test taker. And like you mentioned, I have a good support structure. I grew up around, you know, parents that taught me a lot of stuff and, and, you know, I was always really good at math, but I never showed my work and I'm not even sure I knew how and would always get marked down for that. And, you know, stuff like that. Now, as I got a little older and I got into my teens, the ADD thing came up and I actually started taking medication for it, which still to this day I take and, um, has changed my overall outlook about all of it. And I, I too did struggle to manage and figure out how to get that lightning in a bottle. You mentioned being 30, well, coming out of Harvard, getting into Harvard and then 30 at being at 33. And, you know, many of the people you were there at Harvard were doing the opposite of minimum wage by the time they were 33. So it did take me a little bit of time as well to get, get some shit figured out. And once I did get it figured out, I, I really do believe that I've managed to get that lightning in a bottle, although I do kind of wrestle with it every day. And, you know, there's, I think as an entrepreneur, um, I know so many other entrepreneurs that have ADD that, uh, and then also as I've gotten older that I do have the H too, the hyperactivity, which is now just a lot of energy. And that's why I wouldn't give it back. I mean, I get people my age, they're like, dude, where do you get your energy from? I've just been tired since I was 26. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, not to be jealous, but like, I am a little jealous, right? Because like, I'll have I'll have clients, um, even though I'm niched within just the inattentive ADHD, like, I'll get clients and customers who have the H. And like, yeah, like, the level of energy for them is not a problem. Some of them are like Olympic level getting tasks done. They don't they don't have enough focus at the picking the right tasks. And you know how to like, you know, capture their lightning in a bottle the right way. Uh, but you know, and this might not, this might not actually apply to a lot of your listeners if they're all like successful entrepreneurs. Right. But I would imagine that there's, there's a whole bevy of listeners that fall into the category of a lot of the people that, you know, that I am and that, and that I work with, which is this whole other group of people that just, they know what they want to do and it sounds insane, but they just can't get themselves to do it. And that's been me like my entire life. Uh, and then, you know, but kind of like you said, one medication, but, you know, I hit a wall with medication where it wasn't where it could only take me so far. And then it's really that like using different skills to get over that hump. Uh, but even still now, I mean, I still only work a limited number of hours every day. So I'm super jealous of like the hyperactivity and wish I had that. Well, I think, I think that you're, you talk about the, sometimes the crippling ability to not maybe do things the way that you wanted or choosing the wrong stuff. I think with entrepreneurs and ADHD, so many of them have the problem of trying to do everything and they're literally trying to do everything, which means that at best you're maybe average at one or two of those things. And I think that's been the, the, for me with ADHD and 
entrepreneurship, the thing that I've managed to, and some of it's just getting older, you know, and like, it's trying to do less stuff. And the, and the true realization that no matter how amazing you are, how much energy you have, uh, all you can do is all you can do. And, you know, so for me, it's, it's weird. Cause I, I just have a tough time scheduling things. Like, um, I was just talking prior to joining you for this show, I was talking to someone and about writing a book and they wanted, I've written three and they wanted, uh, advice on it. And I told, they said, well, I think I'm going to schedule time to like work on it. And I said, if you can do that, that's great. But I never could because I don't know <laughs> well, when like, I'm don't you fired. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Like it's, I, I, I can schedule it. I can plan it. I just won't effing do the plan. Right. Like it's right, sort of right. like, like yeah. I'll time box, I'll time block. I'll do all that. It makes perfect sense. Like give every hour of your day, a, a task, a job. And like, you know, you can only ever do like, I agree with it so perfectly in theory. If I do it and I sit down and look at it, my oppositionality just comes out so strong. When I look at that plan, I'm like, well, I don't want to do that right now. And I just refuse. And, and as, as an entrepreneur and being my own boss for a really long time, I can decide not to do it. And I have only myself to report to. So, so when you're working and doing professional training and coaching, and I'm going to put a link to Aaron's LinkedIn for those of you that want to reach out, you can also go to hiddenadd.com um, and learn more about what he does. But how, how do we start to fix it? When I say fix it, I don't like the idea because fix implies broken. So I'm going to retract that. I'm going to say, how do we, how do we improve it? Yeah. I mean, so look, I think, I think, I think you already hit on some of it, right? So in one aspect, it's, uh, it's just really looking at what it is that we need to get done. And like what I always say with like the entrepreneurs that I work with, they don't need to know what to do. They need to know what not to do, right? I mean, there's 50,000 things that you can do as an entrepreneur. Um, and you need to know the 49,995 not to do, uh, and so that's number one. But then number two is if you're in that inattentive ADHD category where you know you've got this potential and you've even got the, the desire at, you know, in your heart at some level, but you just can't get yourself to follow through, right? You're just like plagued by procrastination, all that. Um, I really teach like a three-part system, uh, which is basically that you need people power, easy prevails, and pressure-free practice. Uh, and when you kind of combine those three, you can really start to get, uh, stuff done when tip, when historically you haven't been able to. So, uh, when we talk about ADHD and I should probably have done this at the beginning of the episode, but attention deficit hyperactivity disorder is a brain disorder that affects how you pay attention, sit still, control your behavior. It happens in children and teens and continue into adulthood. ADHD is the most commonly diagnosed mental disorder in children. Boys are more likely to have it than girls. It's usually spotted during the early school years when a child begins to have problems paying attention. Uh, it can't be prevented or cured, but spotting it early plus having a good treatment and education plan can help a child or adult with ADHD manage their symptoms. And, you know, there's a lot of symptoms that show in adults uh, or carry over and they're things like, Often, and you know, you were so right. The ADHD thing is it comes in so many different packages. And, um, you know, some people have, you talk about often being late or forgetting things, anxiety, low self-esteem problems at work, trouble controlling anger. I've had that one. Um, 
especially when I was a kid, uh, that and impulsiveness, which is also on the list, uh, substance misuse or addiction went through that when I was younger in there uh, trouble staying organized. I'm still not organized. Like my version oh, of organized yeah. is like serviceable at best procrastination. So let's stop at that one. Let's not procrastinate talking about procrastination. I think that's kind of the, the centerpiece of what so much of what you were talking about in the beginning. Do you think that that is that the biggest thing that entrepreneurs have a hard time climbing over? Absolutely. hundred um, percent. So the, the world of, of binary says you do it or you don't do it. How, is there a secret to actually get not, how do we, I, I mean, I've gone through this. I think we all do that. And you know, you said something earlier in the show, you said well, all these successful entrepreneurs listening. I don't think most of us are successful. Other people may view us as successful, but I still don't feel successful on so many days. So some of that's that like, I don't know, but everyone, so many of you listening have sat there knowing exactly what you need to do, maybe even knowing how to do it. But for some reason, we choose everything else to do it. And then that goes back to the second item that was on this list, which was anxiety. I think that's the thing that I've learned is that if I, if I'm sitting there and I know that I'm, I need to do something and I'm not doing it, it builds the anxiety level up and I, there's no way to get, which is then going to result in sleeplessness and a whole bunch of other stuff that is undesirable. And it won't, and I've just learned it won't go away until I go fix that pro, that part of the problem. Yeah. I mean, so look, you asked about like strategies, um, A lot of it comes into, if I were to summarize it in like one phrase, it comes into uh, self-selected accountability versus externally imposed accountability. So what do I mean by that? Well, a lot of us, especially that have inattentive ADHD or others, got a bad taste in our mouth with externally imposed accountability growing up, right? Our parents would force us to do things that were hard to do or we didn't want to do. Our teachers would force us to do things we yelled at and we didn't do as whole, you know, impacts our self-esteem, et cetera. And we kind of threw out the baby with the bathwater that like accountability sucks. Um, and then we have this opportunity as adults. So, so the problem that I see a lot of entrepreneurs uh, and just people with ADHD make in general is they'll follow through with accountability. But all the accountability in their life is still in the externally imposed, right? So their spouse is like, do the freaking dishes or take out the trash. And they're like, okay, cool. They'll do it, right? And their boss will be like, I need you to do this or you're going to get fired and they'll do it, right? But it's still very like fear-based and stressful. But the thing is, other people get our ADHD brains to do things. Like accountability works. We just don't like the stress of it. And what I really work with people on is creating uh, environments where they can leverage the people power of accountability to other people that they have a relationship with, with, but on self-selected goals, on something that's important to them. Um, And that is really the game changer. Uh, But anyway, let me let me pause there. So. Well, I, I bet that works. The soliloquy. I, I bet that works because the thing that I've learned with my own ADHD, and I mentioned like the, the childhood thing. So I either got like an A or like a D. I never really failed, 
because I didn't, I knew, I knew, I knew that you talk about those, that self-imposed or that external uh, accountability. I was in deep shit if I failed, right? I'd be in right. big trouble. But if I was interested in it, I did really well in it. And that's carried over to myself as an entrepreneur, because if I'm interested in it and I like doing it, I'll do it really well. But if I'm not interested and I don't like doing it, I learn pretty quickly. I need to find someone else that's good at it. Cause I, cause I will procrastinate the shit out of all of it. If I don't, if I don't like it or want to do it, even if I know it's important, I can still really procrastinate it. Now, one of the things I think is a challenge is you mentioned the external uh, accountability um, that, that I struggle with that a lot as a kid, because, and if you're around kids that have ADHD, please don't do this. Don't tell them that they're a failure. Don't tell them that they're not going to do well. Um, you got into Harvard. I barely graduated from high school. So, you know, and that wasn't because I was stupid. It was because I just didn't give a shit about half of the stuff that I was supposed to be paying attention to. And I, and I, and it still never really took, you know, like for me, like when I was in college, I was trying to get a business degree. I don't understand why I needed to do history or some of the other things, you know, some of it that had nothing to do with what I wanted to do in life. Like still, I went to a top 10 business school on the fifth school I quit and I still haven't used Omega and Mu and all of the Greek symbols and all the stuff in economics class, nor do I run into them. So, you know, some of that's kind of like, you're like, what do I need to do this for? But yeah. Yeah. Uh, so one thing I would love to just zoom in on right is what you were saying just about a minute or two ago right where you're just saying like if i was interested in it i was all in and if i wasn't like i don't want to do it at all right and so one of the things that uh i think based on what you said you might resonate with but i think some of your listeners might resonate with this as well um so i interviewed 15 uh what I would consider like entrepreneurs, right? Like people with ADHD, primarily inattentive or combined type. Uh, so that means inattentive and hyperactive impulsive who uh, either were in the process of starting a business or a side hustle or wanted to, but it was still kind of just in the like something I think about and talk about, not something that I'm like making any progress on. And here's what I found that was so interesting. Uh, was this, right? So like, if you go, if you look online and you're like, how to launch a successful business, right? You will get tons of information about the four Ps with market fit, right? So you need your product market fit, right? Is what I'm delivering, does it match what the audience wants? You need your promotion market fit. Do I have a way to reach my potential customers? You know, all that works. You need your pricing market fit. Like, you know, is this what people are looking to pay? And you need process market fit. Do I have a reliable process for delivering, you know, the results or the product that I'm doing? Um, and a lot of the stuff really kind of stops there. And what I found is that there's a second M fit that that ADHDers need on the four P's much more in in my based on my interviews than neurotypicals. Neurotypicals still need this fit, but not at the level of severity or seriousness. And so the second M fit is me fit. And for ADHD years, this need for me fit on these four is just much higher than for neurotypical. So we need product me fit, which is basically what you were saying, Matt, right? Like if I don't like this product that I'm delivering, this service I'm delivering, 
I don't want to do it. I'm not going to do it. I don't care if it's going to make $20 million, right? If I don't like, if I, if I don't find promotion activities that don't feel sleazy and shady and that I don't hate doing, sure, I'll do it for a few weeks or a few months, but I'm going to drop the ball as soon as the like pressure to keep doing those promotion activities fades away. So I need me fit on the promotion activities, right? And like, it just keeps going right on the pricing stuff. Uh, if you've had a bunch of failures and struggle in your life, you might have developed some, and maybe you had financial struggles as a result of them, right? Like me being broke, divorced and earning minimum wage. You then end up with uh, difficulty on the me fit on pricing because you've got these like weird limiting beliefs around money that you've built up over time. And so you end up with these challenges around kind of charging what you're worth and what would be worth your time. And then on the process stuff, that's where the procrastination comes in. Like they can have a process that delivers results, but how do they get the me fit with that? How do they get themselves to follow through on that process and finding what works for me in that space? I've just found a lot of ADHD years uh, have trouble with. Yeah. And it's, you mentioning process seems like a good time for me to mention that if you need the people, the process or the platform to find and build a software development team, that's what fullscale.io does. You talk about ADD and not understanding. And sometimes if you don't know how to do it and you haven't done it before, you're probably not good at it. We're pretty good at helping people find software developers. You can go to fullscale.io to learn more. It only takes, you know, you, it, 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 Built in true fashion for the ADHD entrepreneur, it takes less than two minutes to fill out the form about what you need. And then our, our platform does the rest of the work and puts you right in front of the people that you want. Now, you, I think with ADHD, you're, you were just talking about that. And I, I'm sitting here thinking chicken and egg, chicken and egg, because no one needs the repetitive process and the structure more than like an ADHD person. But sometimes building it, it can be frayed. Now, that's something that over my life, I've actually developed a high level of expertise out. Um, and, uh, cause I realize I need it. I need the structure. Now I want to actually go back and I want to talk a little bit more about the environment of, of things. Cause I think this is important. So, um, I, I think environment, uh, when we think environment, well, first off, you've obviously got the outside and the earth, but your environment is like where you work and what you're doing. For me, I've had, I've realized that so even though I'm, I'm inherently disorganized, I do keep, I, I do need an organized workspace and place to be in because if I don't have that, it is like inflammatory of like all things ADHD, like it will give me anxiety. Um, and so for me, just even just straightening up and uh, doing things like, um, so even though I'm a fully immersed in the world of tech, I still have I'm holding up for those of you that you on an audio program I'm holding up a, a I can I can see Aaron and he can see me it's but a, it's I'm a good idea to hold up a to visual list, aid to list and it's a simple thing and I've tried to even take this digital and for some reason it doesn't have the same effect because I've trained myself to put things on it and then to truly enjoy crossing them off and and so what I have a trick with this and this is why I can't do it digitally is a lot of times my to-do list will end up with a bunch of shit all over it. So I rewrite it at least once a week. And I find that um, I will oftentimes sit, it might take me an hour or two hours to rewrite the list 
because I get to the point where I'm, I'm shameful about the fact that I'm putting something on the list again for the fourth mm. week in a row or something like that. So I find that I get a lot of goofy stuff out. Now, I think one of the biggest things for, uh, in my experience for kind of overcoming the ADHD thing is I really taught myself the value of opportunity cost and opportunity cost is described as the value of the choice that you didn't go with and um, learning. And I think that, you know, you mentioned like uh, you, you said earlier that a lot of times ADHD people will do stuff, but they don't pick the most valuable thing. Um, if you can do that, I, I think if you can learn how to do the most valuable thing on the list and look, theoretically, like you said earlier, that sounds easy to do. And in reality, I'm a realist, not a theorist. And in reality, as a business owner, that it's, it's guaranteed ADHD every fucking day because there's a million things pulling you in a million different ways and people button in and interrupting and whatever. So I put myself in an environment where I, I'll just shut my door. And if my, I'll lock myself, I'm locked in a room in my house right now. So you can't distract me. And some of that is also facilitating an environment with the people around me being like, my wife knows that because like if my door shut, that means like, Hey, I'm just, it's not that I don't want to be involved with what's going on. I'm just, I, I I'm just distracted that easily. And I have to shut the door because yep. kid walking down the hallway can be enough to distract me. So I turn off notifications. I turn off reminders, yep. I turn off a lot of stuff. My phone doesn't ring if you're not in my contact list. And by the way, for iPhone users, that's a setting that I told my buddy about last Friday. And he was like, dude, how do you do that? And I was like, it's a setting. Just go in there. Turn it off. Don't ring if it uh, unrecognized callers. But as simple as a buzzing in your pocket or these things are environmental factors that can fuck up your whole head. Now, I think the most important part of it, though, and I've talked about this a lot to people, is when you find inspiration and you are going, you need to try to do everything you can to stay on that horse while it'll ride. And, mm -hmm. and that sometimes involves almost like I've gone from being driven to being obsessed. So you can't, but, but that can be problematic for some people too. And I think that that can come with the ADHD too. It's like, you're not interested in the things you don't want to do. And then you can become like world-class universal class focused on something that you want to be in. Do you have, do you ever work with people that have that problem? It's like, you can't put it down. And it's like, you almost want to be distracted by other things, but you can't. Um, Less so. I mean, I think like, I, I think, I think that you probably enjoy that to some extent, right? Like, obviously you need to manage it, but, um, you have to have an like environment because if you get knocked off, just like, boom, just like that, then it's over. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it's also, but like you, the environment's super important. And like all those things you talked about are things that I make all of my students do as well. Um, like the notifications and, you know, we also do things on like your peak time, chronobiology, like when you work best and yeah. work on sleep and, you well, know, you talk about that for a second, because that, that's actually, yeah. I think a key one too, is like the time of day. Yes. Huge. Yeah. Absolutely huge. Everyone, everyone's got this like outdated model of like, like they, they beat themselves up when they're not like efficient for eight or 10 or 12 hours in a day. And because we've got those, you know, peaks and valleys in our, in our energy and our focus, um, it's really much better to match the types of tasks to when you're at your peak, right? Match those tough tasks when you're at your peak. And then, you know, the rest of it's less important because that's really your highest value time. 
Well, that was like, the, so we're recording the schedule, this, uh, excuse me, we're recording this podcast at 11 a.m. Central time. Um, I don't record them earlier than that because <laughs> I don't feel like I am the vibrant personality that I would like to be during the podcast at eight in the morning. Yeah. yeah. It's and so I'm in, I'm in, even though, so, so I know we said Chicago, I just moved around the lake an hour and a half to uh, Southwest Michigan. And so we're in Eastern time zone here yep. and my team knows to not schedule anything on my calendar before noon Eastern uh, without checking with me. <laughs> yeah, well, so they just, you, they scheduled you know, this yeah, based are, on are, your are you morning or evening. It drives my wife crazy because my wife's more of a morning person. And sometimes it's like four o'clock PM rolls around and I'm just like, it's almost like I'm just getting started. Now, a lot of that has been facilitated by the fact that I have hundreds of employees at full scale that are in the Philippines, which is 13 time zones away. So I've kind of like over 10 years have built this like uh, AM, PM persona. Now, I, I would actually like to talk about the sleep thing. Um, I, think that's a, I think that's something that for ADHD and, okay, so ADHD presents enough challenges already. Now, when you pepper in entrepreneurship and the anxiety and everything <laughs> that comes with it, I mean, does that, do any entrepreneurs sleep? Because I've had this conversation with a lot of people and like, I, dude, I am famously bad at it. Like to the point that, I mean, I'm not like a true insomniac, like, but I mean, I'll, I can go like a day or two without sleeping sometimes. And it's excruciating. I can't do anything. And the problem is, is people are like, well, why don't you take some melatonin or a Xanax or something like that? Well, then I wake up foggy and I, it's just the same thing. Yeah. I mean, I think, so I know, I know in one of the bio bits that I read of yours, right. That like, you're really good at figuring out like the important stuff, like the high value stuff over the lower value stuff. Right. Like that's one of like your productivity strategies. True. Yeah. I mean, so I, I mean, personally, personally, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. Um, I mean, granted, you know, you've got what Inc 5,000 now. So, uh, whereas, you know, I'm one person with a couple contractors. Uh, so maybe if I, maybe if I was like Matt level, uh, then I might not be getting as much sleep, but it, I'm much I, a bigger, it, I'm much a bigger fan figuring out the stuff only you can do, which by definition, based on all your experience, training, et cetera, is high value. Like I can't have someone show up and do podcast interviews in my place. Right. Because there's no way they can replicate my experience, et cetera, for my team. But looking at everything else, I'm constantly scanning all the crap that's eating up my time and just being ruthless about like, what can I take off my plate? I definitely, I definitely do that at this point. I didn't always, I used to try to do everything myself and I found myself saying this. And if you say this, you're in big trouble. Um, well, it's just faster for me to do it myself. Uh, <laughs> because then you're going to always end up doing all of it yourself and never letting someone else do it. And you got to like, sometimes you have to slow down to speed up. Now when I'm talking about the sleep thing, so this is the, so I was, uh, I hosted some entrepreneurs last night. Uh, we have full scale as a suite and, uh, at the T-Mobile center here in Kansas city. And we saw Kendrick Lamar last night and oh, I was nice. another local entrepreneur, a, a, an idea that I'd had from a few years ago. And she's like, well, I'll, if this were, I, I was, she was like, 
well, I don't know what to do. I'm like, go use it, go make money. It's like almost the same as what you're doing in your business. She's like, well, why don't you want to do it? I'm like, I want to do fewer things. She's like, you're such an ideas guy. And I, and I literally just kind of impulsively was like, yeah, I wish I wasn't. That's the thing though, is they start, it starts rattling around in your head and it's either ideas, but also anxiety. So the anxiety, which is, I don't have an anxiety problem. I know people that have a real anxiety problem and I don't have that but it's enough to prevent the sleep. And the problem that I have is I don't always stop myself from not sleeping because for some reason I feel like that's when I have some of my best ideas. So I'm, I'm conflicting. I'm, I'm a hypocrite against my own, you know, I'm like, well, I want to sleep, but I don't want to sleep. And I don't know. It's a, it's a mess. It's a very, I think if you have ADD, it's a very noisy head. Um, so noisy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so there's a couple other things here on this list. You have easily frustrated, uh, often bored. I think that's where entrepreneurs get themselves in trouble on the board thing. Hey, let's just try something new. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's I, I think sitting back and waiting for things to be, for the egg to hatch is excruciating for ADHD. You're like, what do you mean we have to wait? People are like, well, let's talk about it in three months. In ADD years, that's like six years. ADD years is like worse than dog years, man. It's, it takes forever. Uh, mood, mood swings. So I think mood swings is a big one. And I, I've tried to do a lot to mitigate that in myself around my team. Because I think that uh, not everyone wants to see the con- – ADD is good in startups in some regards because you constantly have to do a lot of different things. And then eventually you have to settle down. But mood swings as a leader can be a real challenge. Um, and the other two totally. things. Can we can we can we talk can we talk about the board bit though? Because I think that's yeah, a totally. thing that's one that well, a that's lot of listeners can relate things. to. Thing. It leads us to chase shiny things. We want to do too much. Yes, that. Um, and also, I think it's uh, I think it's a challenge that I've seen with clients uh, around niching, like picking a niche somewhere that they can dominate. Um, and a lot of them, I think that they've, I've noticed that there's this resistance around picking a niche because they're worried about the boredom. Uh, right. So like, you're not doing staffing for, you know, you're not trying to be Robert half or, you know, one of these like global staffing firms, like you're very specific, like we do software developers, you know, for, these types of businesses. And we, you know, like you have a very specific niche that you're filling. And what I noticed with myself and with other people I've worked with is that they're like, I don't want to pick a niche because I'm going to be stuck there and I'm going to get bored. And then I'm going to be trapped. Uh, At least I could quit my job, but I'm not going to quit my business. So like, what do I do? Right. Um, And one of the things that at least was really helpful for me, like a big perspective shift Uh, And you might disagree with this, right? Because you might think that this is just a little bit too much of chasing shiny objects. Um, But is is two two insights, right? The first is, you know, within your within your role, within your niche, you can still change what you're doing, like you personally, right? So like, maybe you're working on a ton of marketing stuff. And then you decide you want to focus more on like strategy or sales, like, so you can definitely flex the type of work that you're doing within the business, so long as you backfill yourself, right? Delegate, et cetera. But the other one, this was really transformational for me, is that for a lot of businesses, a niche is just a starting point. And, you know, you don't necessarily need to even stick in that niche for longer than a year, year and a half. 
right? So like you look at Amazon, right? I'm going to sell online books, you know, paper copies, right? And, you know, they've continually grown and then, okay, now we're going to sell other products too, right? And then we're going to do digital and then we're going to do publishing and then we're going to do space travel and groceries and, you know, at home, smart home devices and all these things. And so I think the uh, opportunity to, to expand your niche and take on new niches once you've dominated is something that um, holds back entrepreneurs that are afraid of getting boxed in on a niche. I think with the board thing, what you got to be careful of as an entrepreneur is if you're going to, you know, if you're going to pursue a different avenue within your business, like you'd be pretty ready to stick with it. Cause if you think you're bored with what you're doing now, like meaning like, don't just do something different cause you're bored. I think it's, there's probably a lot of different stuff you can do already. Like, I don't know. I see a lot of people that I just, I, I, I talk to too many entrepreneurs who are like, yeah, I just started my seventh business. And I'm like, why? Like, well, I saw an opportunity. I'm like, well, what about the other six businesses? Oh, I was getting bored with some of those other ones. Now, I think if you do things that you're passionate about, it, then you're never going to get bored. But, you know, not well, everybody. So you, just, you, so you just hit the nail on the head there. And I think, I think one of the things that I think is interesting to offer, right, is this idea that uh, we can kind of turn business planning on its head. So I think one of the reasons people get bored is that they, they plan a business out the traditional way. Um, so if they have ADHD or this tendency to get bored easily, they plan a business out the traditional way, right? They look at the TAM, the total addressable market, and they look at the opportunity and they, you know, figure out what percentage of the market they can take and how they can play in there and this whole thing. And it all makes sense on paper, which is great and fine. Obviously, you need your business to at least make sense, you know, back of the napkin on paper. Uh, I advocate a 180 degree different approach which is rather than an outside in, let me look at the addressable market, let me look at the opportunity and kind of pursue it, to avoid getting bored too easily and to avoid quitting, especially if you have trouble, you know, with task follow through, which a lot of, which me and a lot of my clients do, is starting a business from the inside out, starting with the me fit. What's the stuff that I love to do uh, that other people might think is work? Um, like for me, I love reading personal development books, business books, productivity books, and I love taking those ideas and being like, oh my God, I can't believe they did 400 pages on this. I could, I could break this down to like 10 pages of exactly what you need to know. And, you know, in like an effective action-based way. Uh, and so I just took like that interest, something that I do for fun on the weekends, like reading these books. And that just became the core of my business, like taking a bunch of great ideas from a bunch of different people and streamlining the crap out of them, saying like that whole thing that they tell you to do about your whole like detailed customer avatar. Let's just put that to the side. Here's what, you know, like just finding out a way to cut out the crap. And I think if you start with me fit, start with the stuff that you do that doesn't feel like work, start with the stuff that's just fun that, you know, kind of Seth Godin says like little kids, they don't make art to get paid. They make art for the sake of making art. And if you're just making art, you're doing stuff because you would do it just for the joy of doing it. You're going to build a business that you're not going to get bored of as easily and that you're going to have staying power. Whereas if you just do it from the outside in, 
you're going to potentially set yourself up for wanting to just constantly change. Well, I think, yeah, and, I, the, and that that does revolve around the passion piece. And one of the things I've, I've talked to a lot of people that have failed at raising money from investors. And when I talk to them, I'm, and they're like, well, I can't figure out why. And I'm like, I can. You don't sound very passionate about the solution. <laughs> you're trying to find it's it's pretty obvious and you know that that uh being passionate i think about it it makes it not feel like a job and i mean that's kind of proven stuff now you know there's some famous people that have been pretty well known as having adhd like walt disney michael phelps justin timberlake michael jordan richard branson albert einstein i think we've all heard of those guys so it's definitely not. It's definitely not something that people can overcome. So, as we uh, round out today's episode, I want to ask everyone: Do you need help hiring software engineers, testers, or leaders? Can you let FullScale help? We have the people, the platform, and the process to help you build and manage a team of experts. When you visit FullScale.io, all you need to do is answer a few questions, then let our platform match you up with our fully vetted, highly experienced team of software engineers, testers, and leaders. At FullScale, we specialize in long-term teams that work only for you. Learn more at FullScale.io. So, Aaron, you know, as we talk about this as a, as a, as a whole and I mean, we probably could have gone through, well, I, we could have probably done a separate episode on every single thing that was on this list of symptoms. Um, so, you know, kind of, I, I think that, I mean, what, what on the way out of this episode, what's some advice that you'd give to entrepreneurs or founders that are struggling with some of this or what were some of the key points that stood out from today's show? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think the number one thing is like, if, if, if some of your listeners have the challenge that I have, right, which is that you want to do something, but you just can't get yourself to do it, right? Kind of just that chronic procrastination whole bit um, that often we think the problem's ourselves. And I think the main takeaway is that you aren't the problem. Your system is the problem. And you just need a different system. And the system's going to look differently than what works for your spouse or what your parents think should work for you or even what your colleagues or other entrepreneurs, you know, that works for them. Um, and so that's really been the big breakthrough for me was that if I just change my systems up um, to look very different than they look for other people, that I can actually get a ton of shit done, uh, even with all the challenges that I run into. And I think, you know, realizing that I'm not the problem and that my systems were the problem was really freeing for me and really helpful for my confidence and self-esteem. Once again, with me today, Aaron Croft, who is the CEO of Hidden ADHD. Uh, you know, I think as I round out today's show, I think the I think the key I, we talked about being passionate that kind of has gotten me over the ADHD. Um, a main thing for me, as I mentioned earlier, is when I'm feeling inspired, focused and have it going in the right direction, I try to do everything I can to keep that going because I can accomplish 10 times more than the average human during those stretches. I just can't determine or pre-schedule when those will occur. And that's the, uh, the challenging thing with inspiration now, uh, to, uh, add a piece onto that and, and get, that goes with what we discussed earlier. I've also done a lot to facilitate having an environment where I can stay on that horse. 
And that's tough for a lot of people to do, especially people that might. So I have a lot of control over my schedule, my time. I've, I've got a great support structure. I have an amazing wife who, I mean, I can tell her I'm like, I, you know, I can, I, I refer to it as, as science. Like I'm, I got some, I'm going to go work on a little science, which means that I'm, you know, oftentimes as an entrepreneur experimenting and trying to feel, figure out what works. And that basically means I'm going to go lock myself in my, in my office. And maybe I come out looking like Tom Hanks on, in Castaway, or maybe I come out like 20 minutes later and I'm like, shit, false alarm. But I think if you find the moments of inspiration um, and then that envi- those environmental factors that matter. And then I think the last thing is, is don't let anybody tell you that, that there's something wrong with ADHD because I wouldn't give mine back. I really wouldn't. I, you, if you took that away from me, I would struggle at this point. Um, I'm also old, man. It took me a while. I didn't figure I didn't figure a lot of the stuff out. It's still a struggle for me on a lot of days. It's something I'm always reminding myself of. I'm often, you know, in conversations and stuff like that. And I've, I've programmed my own thought process to listen, 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 you know, and and not just, you know, and that's tough. I love it. I love it. But tell us, tell us quickly about the Inc. 5000 uh, or whatever that. Yeah. That award for my team and my company. You talk about like you mentioned earlier being doing, hey, do you solve the big problems? I have some big ideas. I got a whole bunch of people that solve the actual problem. Um, And that and I, I have very little to do with the Inc. 5000. There's a couple hundred people at full scale that have everything to do about it. They're the ones that show up and, and work directly with our, with and for our clients and help them find solutions. But yeah, that was an honor. That was, uh, that was nice to, to be on the list. And, uh, we're, um, you know, I, I honestly, am not a big praise and awards guy. Um, cause, but, but I'm not going to turn that one down either. So, but yeah, that was, that was really just validation for a lot of hard work that, that the other people have done. And, and, you know, that, and they, and that whole, the concept, that whole concept there is, I mean, really I'm nothing. I have no success without the people that I work with. Cause you mentioned earlier, you're like, Hey, I've got a subcontractor or one person or all you can do is all you can do. I think we kind of said that at the beginning of the show. So um, I found a lot of people that are good at doing the stuff that I don't want to do or the stuff that I suck at. And that's been the key ingredient. And, and that wasn't fast. I mean, I had to, and you have to be real honest with yourself too. You have to be real, real, like brutally honest. You know, like I'll give you like accounting. I can do accounting. Like I can do it just fine. I'm good at the math. I can do all of it, but I don't like doing it. In fact, I hate doing it. And, you know, can I, can I say I'm with, you gotta find good people to well, do. No, no, I'm, I'm with you, Matt. And, and let me just say, and this, this might be a bit silly, but, um, that fact was the thing that, that got me to quit my fortune 500 corporate job and be an entrepreneur was when I realized that I could design my life and my job to do the shit that I like to do and delegate, hire out all the rest, I was like sold. And yeah. that's that's been absolutely the most rewarding part of, I mean, I've only been out of the corporate world like 13 months. Uh, and it's it's everything like that and more. And I think that I think that is an opportunity that entrepreneurs really could uh, connect with and take advantage of more than kind of like you said, the challenge of I'm just going to do everything, right? 
Yeah. And that, well, and you know, back to the chicken and the egg, I mean, that's, you know, not everybody has the ability to just hire 10, five, or even one person to come in and fix that stuff. And there's a lot of ways you can get around that. And, you know, if you're trying to do a startup, you got to find a co-founder that isn't you. Um, and, and, you know, there's, I mean, there's a lot of stuff and we could get into that again and again and again, but yeah, I have I'm completely unemployable at this point. So I, I'm, I have no choice. I have, there is, I'm like the, the, you know, the Vikings used to pull up and burn and burn, get out and burn the boats. You know, that's a, that's a very interesting fact about them. Cause they're like, there is no turning back. So that's kind of like where I'm at as an entrepreneur. And a lot of people are like, Oh man, you're, you, what do you mean you're unemployable? I'd hire you in a heartbeat. Yeah. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I don't want the job. <laughs> so I mean, that's a lot to do with it too. So Aaron, thanks so much for joining me. If you're interested in reaching out directly to Aaron or getting involved in his coaching and training, I'm going to put a link to his LinkedIn so you can go straight to the source, man. I'll catch up with you down the road. Awesome, Matt. Thanks so much. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.